Today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. I guess over the years we've heard lots of chatter in regard to uh, Alberta uh, leaving, um, I guess, the West. It could be Alberta, it could be Saskatchewan and Alberta, it could be a combination of of provinces that uh, all of a sudden want to break away. And it seems to be the mantra that is uh, gaining ground in the West again. Uh, as uh, uh, the Prime Minister has failed, uh, I guess, them on numerous fronts as far as energy and getting a pipeline built. Uh, so what is the appetite for a, you ready, wax it? And that's another thing. You'd think after seeing what, what the UK has gone through and Brexit and such, you'd think other countries would sort of think twice about this kind of thing. Uh, that being said, however, it does work for Quebec every so often when they start rattling the separatist drum. It seems to get the, everybody's attention. And look, uh, the Bloc Québécois is uh, back involved in the federal debate, which I still have a hard time with, considering that um, they only represent uh, one province in the, in, in the whole country. That's the numbers game, and that's what we're dealt with. All right, let's bring in Christo Abelis, Social Sciences and Humanities Research Council Postdoctoral Fellow in History at the University of Toronto. Is Wexit in Alberta's future? Christo is with us now. Christo, thanks for the time. Much appreciated. Thanks for having me. You know, we've heard this for years, Christo. There's uh, every so often uh, political uh, tensions flare, and, and the West talks about separating. Is there anything different this time out? What's, is there anything different between this call for separation and what we've heard in the past? I mean, I'm not so sure that there is. You know, unlike, unlike a lot of the Quebec-based separatism, which has sort of been a long-lasting thing and has, existed whether or not there's been a kind of liberal or conservative government in power. Yeah. Uh, you know... Lots of history there. Yeah. Alberta separatism is largely driven by the fact that they have a government they don't like. And I think it's more political than, than ideological, if that makes sense. Because there was no real talk of Alberta separatism under Stephen Harper. And under Stephen Harper, the pipeline didn't get built. And, you know, there's no discussion about you know, loyalty, even though Justin Trudeau bought the pipeline, he's, he's sort of done quite a bit to try to get that pipeline built relative to what Stephen Harper, Stephen Harper didn't nationalize the pipeline. And I think... I don't know, you know, the, you know, Christo, I've had experts on that'll debate that till the cows come home. No, certainly, but it, the fact is it's debatable, but if it's truly debatable, I think we would have seen Alberta separatism be strong even under the Harper years. But the reality mm. is that I think it's primarily driven by the fact that there's a government they don't like in Ottawa, and they are mulling separation. Now, we should note, the polling I've seen has said, you know, at most, it's like quarter of Albertans, and I don't know how serious they are. We're never getting, we're not anywhere near close enough to the point where, you know, we're talking, you know, Quebec 95 or even Quebec 1980, where, you know, a third, 40%, 50% or so of the population don't support separatism or, or, or do support separatism. So I don't know how serious this is. And unlike you know, with Quebec, where they've had separatist premiers, Jason Kenney, at least in his rhetoric, has very, made it very clear he is not a separatist. And I don't think the UCP, at least as it's for, currently formed, is a separatist party. So I don't think there's an electoral option for separatists in Quebec. 
that they could actually vote for. Unlike in, oh, or sorry, in Alberta, right. unlike in Quebec, where there is. That being said, I mean, as you as you said, it's kind of hard to compare uh, the Quebec situation to the Alberta situation. Uh, one certainly more historic than the other, with ideology that goes that goes way back. That being said, uh, you, I, I believe what you said was quite accurate. If if the politics of the day isn't going in the direction that uh, perhaps the province wants, then all of a sudden the separatist swords start being rattled. Uh, that is the same as Quebec. It seems to work for them. Are, are people in the West looking, you know, looking towards Quebec and saying, geez, these guys every so often say they're going to separate and it seems to get everybody to their table? Well, I mean, I don't know if that's so much the case. Again, Quebec's had separatist tendencies, even 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 in the past. I mean, Quebec had right-wing separatist tendencies before World War II, although not as strong as maybe the more left-of-center ones that we've heard since then. Um, but, like, Quebec's had separatists, whether there's been liberals or conservatives in power. I really only hear it in Alberta when a, when a non-conservative government is in power. You know, or whether even it was Rachel Notley with the coup d'etat comments from certain Albertans, you know, basically suggesting perhaps it was time to uh, overthrow the local government because it no longer fit the ideology. So I think with Alberta, it really is fundamentally driven, not by any desire to actually separate, but a fact that despite they, them, them, their, their province sending almost a universal slate of conservatives to Ottawa every election, uh, they don't get the government they want, so they say we'll separate. There's also challenges for Alberta, though, because unlike Quebec, Alberta's landlocked, in effect, right? You know, if Alberta wanted to separate without, you know, Manitoba at least, they would have no actual access to port, meaning that if they wanted a pipeline, certainly they could build one to the USA if they wanted to, but if they wanted to build one to China, they would go through the same issues they currently have because they'd have to go through a foreign Mm. country now, be it the Northwest Territories or be it, um, you know, uh, BC to get their oil to port, whereas Quebec... There'll be lots of issues if Quebec separated about what their borders were. How's how's that going to work with the Maritimes being severed? But Quebec has Quebec has water access, and, and Alberta has nowhere near uh, right. anything like that to to make manifest to manifest a, a new nation. I think. Uh, uh, you say, as you said, you know, uh, this is largely political or has a tendency to be political when it's in the West. Um, at the end of the day, Alberta feels that they are not being listened to. Is this not a valid point? Alberta's not being listened to primarily, this is my view, because of the electoral system that their party, the Conservative Party, supports, which is first past the post. The reality is, is that even in 2015, which was a bad year for the Conservatives, they still won almost all the seats in Alberta. And if you look at the polls today, it looks like they'll win every seat, but perhaps the one downtown seat that the NDP often wins. They're literally going to sweep the province, but they're only going to get about 50, 60% at best of the vote province-wide. It effectively means that nobody owes Alberta anything. The conservatives have a captive audience because it doesn't matter, good or bad, the conservatives are going to sweep the province. And for liberals, NDPs, and Greens, they know that there's, there's almost no gain to really listen to Alberta. Alberta is a captive province right now because of the electoral system. They're the fourth largest province but they don't get as much attention as B.C. because B.C. is a, is a province where any party can win seats. Greens, liberals, NDPers, and conservatives all have a chance at winning significant amounts of seats in Alberta. Same thing with Ontario. Quebec's a bit different, but Quebec's a multi-party province as well. And so at the end of the day, what's really, I think, getting Albertans frustrated, and, and then maybe they don't want to admit this or they don't see it this way, 
is the fact that our electoral system means the conservatives don't have to compete for their votes. And it means at the end of the day, liberals and greens and NDPers have very little to gain from giving anything to Alberta. Like if I'm the NDP right now, of course I'm going to side with British Columbia over Alberta because British Columbia will give me more than one potential seat. If the NDP got the pipeline built under Rachel Notley and Jagmeet Singh supported it 100%, the result would still be one seat for the NDP. And I, I can almost guarantee that because in all the other parts of Alberta, no matter what a liberal or, a conser- or an NDP or a green does for them, they will mark an X for the conservative on the ballot, whether the candidate is good or bad or in between. So, so you're basically saying that until Alberta changes its electoral system or, or Canada does, that Alberta has what it has. I mean, again, at the end of the day, there are provinces that feels they're not being listened to. You, you can weave all the other issues into it you want, but at the end of the day, Ottawa's not listening to them. And I mean, and and, and again, I, I think when you saw uh, uh, anger in Quebec and such. They felt the same way. Well, you, well, certainly, but Quebec, again, one, is a bigger province. Um, and two, Quebec yep. shown his willingness to throw its votes behind another party when it, either a party disappoints them or a party excites them. They did right. it in 2011 with the NDP. They've elected tons of liberals in the past. They, even at rare times, have elected a bunch of conservatives under Jason Baker and Mulroney. Quebec has shown a willingness to be ideologically flexible in a way Alberta never has mm. and maybe never will. So the reality is Alberta, Alberta will never, I, under the current structure, they will never send 15 or 20 MPs from the NDP. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. They will never do that. And, whether, and Alberta traps itself in that mentality. And again, we have to be clear, Justin Trudeau bought the pipeline, and Stephen Harper never did. Like, I'm not a pipeline guy. I think that I'm actually against the pipeline. But Justin Trudeau is a pro-pipeline prime minister just as pro-pipeline as Stephen Harper. It really is that, that really is the truth. And so Stephen Harper didn't get the pipeline built, and Justin Trudeau bought it. And we look at the polls and we see that the conservatives in Alberta are still going to largely sweep the province, urban and rural, like everywhere in the province. So what's, 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 a, what's a government to do more than it's already done for Alberta? So Alberta needs to realize, I think, that you know Quebec has gotten what it's want, not, not just because it whines about separatism, it gets what it wants because it's shown that it will throw its vote away or away from or to another party when they don't get what they want. That's what really matters. And I know Alberta doesn't have the amount of seats that Quebec does, but Alberta does have, I think, 30-odd seats, almost 40 seats. I'm not sure of the exact amount. It is the fourth most seat-dense province. Mm-hmm. And if they were to throw 16 or 17 seats behind the Liberals in this election, that would be a game-changer. Maybe Trudeau would listen. Even more than he already has. Why does anybody even talk about um, exiting or or uh, referendums to, to to answer such questions when everybody has seen all, all the difficulty that we've seen with Brexit and, and them trying to hammer that deal out? I mean, I think you always think it's going to be different. You know, it'll never work there, but it'll work here. Like we have, we have this kind of sort of belief here. The grass is greener on the other side. Yeah, and I mean, some people support Brexit. I mean, Brexit, crazy as it is, a lot of people still support Brexit in Britain, right? And I mean, maybe some people feel that, like, the Albertans feel like, oh, yeah, Brexit's bad, or maybe Brexit's not gone as smoothly as people had hoped, but we just have no other option, and so we have to, you know, separate, or we have to try to make a claim for separation to win some sort of concession from the rest of Confederation. And I think that that's a big factor. But again, we should note that, you know, for all the trouble Britain's having, Britain is a 
you know, a large, a much larger country than Alberta in terms of population, with ocean connections, with territories all over the world. Um, and Alberta has none of that. It would be very difficult. Now, in a hypothetical situation where, say, the four western provinces split, there you might have more of an argument because you would see you would have ocean connections right. to the Pacific and to the you know the Hudson's Bay. You would have a large population, a diverse population, a diverse uh, you know agricultural kind of profile. Um, but if it was just Alberta and say Saskatchewan that wanted to separate, because those are sort of the two more right-leaning provinces right now in Confederation, then you might see uh, you would still have a real difficulty. And I don't know if I don't know if it would go well for them uh, unless they could you know build a trade deal with the United States. But again, it seems like the the new goal for pipelines is to the Pacific. Uh, considering the relationship between uh, British Columbia and Alberta uh, at this point, it, you know, it certainly seems that even the West is split on this. No, no, certainly. And I mean, if anything, like, there has been uh, never as seriously as we've seen from Quebec, or even probably as much as we've seen from Alberta, but there has been Western separation for, uh, for BC. There's been some talk of forming what they call Cascadia, which is basically, you know, uh, Oregon, Washington State, and BC sort of forming a country, given the distinct kind of cultural and, and, and ecological profiles of those areas. But I think right now it would be very difficult to, uh, to see a... Uh, you know, BC joining a a, a Western separatist, uh, you know, uh, exit, if you will, in a way that you might see from Alberta. Because even Manitoba would be very tricky. I mean, Manitoba does currently have a PC government, but uh, as we're seeing, the polls have tightened in that race. And further to all that, I just I don't see separatism being a major factor in in in, in Manitoba, even though you know pipeline support in Manitoba is higher than it is in Eastern Canada. Can't let you go, Christo, without your thoughts. Uh, lots talking today about Maxime Bernier's uh, billboards and the company that uh, owns them or owns the uh, the billboards that they're, where they are posted is now uh, decided to remove them. Your thoughts on this whole situation? Well, I mean, it's like it's an interesting case because we're seeing that you know Bernier himself didn't put up the, the 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 billboard. It was it was put up by a third party, and we're going to be seeing things like this either in support of a candidate or in the denunciation of another by third-party uh, groups, and there will be times where the third-party groups put out things like this, which maybe aren't misrepresentations of the campaign, but aren't messages from the campaign itself. I mean, the company, uh, Maxime Bernier, is, a, is an ardent supporter of the free market and of capitalism and of private property, and uh, companies can do what they wish with their private property, and uh, I think Bernier is realizing that uh, perhaps, uh, you know, Canadians, consumers are not a fan of his brand of, of politics, and uh, we're going to be seeing that in in, in in many cases with billboards and things, I think, going forward. Should he be in, deba- in the debates? No, I don't think so. I think the commission has been more than fair to him. They've given three broad proposals. One, run 90% of, run candidates in 90% of the seats. I think they can fairly say he'll do that. The other two require him to demonstrate the ability to win seats, basically. And he hasn't demonstrated that. And not only has the commission said, look, we haven't locked you out. We're still giving you time. The commission has offered to pay for his party to do riding-specific polling and three to five ridings anywhere in the country of his choice to prove he has the support to win at least, say, two seats, his own potentially, and maybe one or two others. Um, and, and they're not paying for any other party to do private polling. So I think they've been more than fair to Bernier, and he has no place in the debate. It's nothing to do with his ideology. I think his ideology is abhorrent, personally. But if he has a national profile and a chance of winning multiple seats or one or the other you know as you noted the bloc quebec law doesn't have a national profile but they are pegged to win multiple seats um he should be in 
But he hasn't proven that yet, and I don't think he belongs right now. Uh, if Justin Trudeau and the Liberals win the next election, will that flare tensions in the West to separate? I mean, probably, but the question is, is like, will... will How do you mobilize like, it, yeah. And I mean, I probably not, almost certainly not. I mean, again, the closest we've ever gotten was Quebec in 1995, and I mean, that was still a razor-thin vote. I just don't see it coming. I mean, yeah, if, if Trudeau wins another majority government especially, and the support is, is clustered largely in Ontario and Quebec, which is usually what happens, you are going to see some discontent from the West. But, I mean, you saw discontent from the West when Trudeau won in, in 2015, uh, and you saw discontent in the West probably most times Jean Chrétien won, uh, you know, but... I think that um, we're going to see uh, continued uh, distrust. But again, if, if Andrew Scheer becomes prime minister, I expect that you'll see a lot of the separatist talk in Alberta uh, die down and in the West die down, such as the nature of things with Western separatism. All right, Christo Avalis has been with us, Social Sciences and Humanities Research Council, postdoctoral fellow in history at the University of Toronto. Christo, as always, thanks for the time. Much appreciated. Thanks for having me. You're listening to the Scott Thompson Show podcast on 900 CHML. I've asked Dan McTagg this uh, before in the past, uh, of course, uh, gas industry guru, uh, and 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 he has spoken to this. So again, Crystal mentioned at this time that uh, Stephen Harper couldn't get the pipeline pipeline built that now uh, Justin Trudeau is. Let's bring, uh, bring in Dan McTagg. Dan, th- uh, Dan thanks for the time. Uh, what do you say, and, and I think we've talked about this before, uh, Harper couldn't get the Trans Mountain built, but Trudeau can or is or going to. Uh, no, what do you stand on this? Thinking. <laughs> it's wishful thinking, and uh, I don't see an inch of pipeline being built right now, Trans Canada, the TMX. I do, however, see the Northern Gateway, which after uh, being held up in the courts uh, for a couple of years, from 2010 to about 2014, finally got the green light only to have Trudeau come to power and kill it. So the first one up wasn't Trans Mountain because, of course, the approval had not happened until 2016. That was well past uh, Harper's time as prime minister. Uh, as for that, I mean, let's think about all the other pipelines that uh, that were built. Uh, Clipper uh, pipeline, pretty big one. Uh, the existing Trans Mountain pipeline, the one that sends about 800,000 barrels. So I don't know where these folks with, uh, I don't know, desert boots and uh, pipes and uh, Little patches on their uh, on their arms uh, and their and their blazers come from, but frankly, I think they should open their eyes rather than their uh, politics because it's it's actually embarrassing to see people with education making that kind of a statement. So uh, the fact that Harper couldn't get the Trans Mountain built that was due to waiting for approval that had nothing to do with one could one couldn't. Well, Trans Mountain was only proposed at the end of 2013. It wasn't approved by the National Energy Board until 2016. Harper right. lost his election in 2015. I mean, look. There are revisionists and there are people out there trying to push an agenda. And it looks like this particular professor obviously is uh, in that uh, fits in that category. I'm not exactly sure what he said, but if he's suggesting that the previous prime minister neither tried nor did, uh, we have uh, trans- the, uh, the uh, Energy East pipeline was also proposed in that period of time, killed by the Liberals. Uh, you know, uh, even the ones that they think are going to pass are not making it uh, very well. Mm. We know that uh, trans uh, the the uh, Keystone XL pipeline, which of course was pushed by the Harper government, blocked by the Obama government, uh, and not uh, followed up by the Trudeau government. But thank goodness we have a new pre- president of the United States who has pushed it. It seems to be making progress. So I think it's convenient. I think it's flippant. Flippant. Uh, flippant. I also think it's rather dishonest for people to make that statement. If I hear them make it. 
be damn sure that I'm going to push back on it because I'm sick and tired of the partisanship, which is this government hates pipelines. There's no doubt about it. It's uh, why it uh, approved Bill C-48 and C-69, both those initiatives, which the Trudeau government was advised by their own senators, by a number of uh, witnesses, were bad pieces of legislation. Trudeau ran over them anyway. So let's let the chips fall where they may. Let's deal with the debate in honesty. And if anybody wants to get trendy and cute, well, then they have to get past me. Dan, thanks for the time as always. Much appreciated. Great talking to you, Scott. Thanks for having me. Cheers. Thank you. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on 900 CHML.